Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi there. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest, Juan Mendez, a.k.a. Silent Servant. Hello, hello. What's up, Juan? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, I'm really happy to do this. Hey, yeah. welcome, Juan. Heck Yay. Yeah. And we thought we'd tackle something that uh, I guess might not seem that noisy or experimental by 2020 standards, but when it came out 40 years ago, it certainly was a, oh, wow. a strange, strange record uh, inside of the, the framework it came in. And that is Cabaret Voltaire's Voice of America, their second album. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so weird. It's such a weird record when you still I, I, I went through it just right now and I, I was just like, fuck, like. It's still so like mutant. It's such like a mutant record that, you know, I don't know, like most people that like post-punk, I think there's like a line because it's like, it's not really post-punk, but it wasn't involved in that era. You know, it was so much more, it was so, I think it was such so much more experimental. Absolutely. Oh. It's so remarkably current when you listen to it yeah. now. It does totally. not sound like a record that's 40 years old. Like it's completely odd. It's completely, you know, a thing of its own. But at the same time, like it feels like it was recorded, you know, this year. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it, it's like, I mean, it is one of the, like, the, the most dystopian records that you can get. It does like it, you know, because like because the one song that like the two songs for me that were kind of resonated the most were always like Neil to the boss and messages received. Because mm-hmm. like for me, like when you messages received, like it talks about like mental illness, you know, like, oh, it's yeah, it's so insane. <laughs> no, absolutely. But, and 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 yeah, Neil to the boss has that great like th- that one, the the thin tiny drum machine sound yeah they're like Like, minimal clave like (laughs) i guess like you mean you would be a great person to ask me what is that like i i I, tara and i are very gear ignorant Mm -hmm. gray is our gear guru but you know but you guys probably know what i mean what what would they have been using in 1980 i mean gray i mean a lot of it i i was like it was kind of like the kr55 kind of vibe no or yeah, is it- CR eight thousand like old like the yeah. the hi hats don't sound like the car to me on this one, but uh, that CR eight thousand and it's also like drums are uh, notoriously in drum machines hard to EQ properly. It's why you you know people that make sort of a uh, rhythmic techno industrial music, the drums are a really big part of it, and getting the EQ and the mix right on that is a big part of it. And I think it's also hard to make it sound this thin and weak. <laughs> At times, yeah, like- yeah, for sure. No, no, because you know, like I, w- the reason, like for example, I, and Gray, I think I gave you one of these, the Omnicord. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so like, dude, it, I, literally, like, if you listen, like, for me, because I use the Omnicord drum machine just straight into like as just a backbeat all the time, and I have to EQ the crap out of it to get it to sound good. But like that rock drum machine, when it's like the rock beat, is when it's on fast. It's like. It's like so sick, yeah, yeah. but it's like it is. It's just like those pre-play kind of like like the drum machine that would have been in like your Wurlitzer organ, you know. Like it's just <laughs> it's just like the rock beat. It's like doom, 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 yeah. you know, and it's so straight. But when you run that through like a guitar amp or a pedal, it just sounds fucking insane. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, and I think that's part of it here is like the you know this 
This was in a studio. This was made by guys that were no strangers to experimenting. And uh, there's a ton of tape sound and like stuff, you know, both field recordings and stuff like recorded off of the television or radio yeah, incorporated totally. in mm-hmm. here. And uh, actually, the Omnicord is one of those things that you could you could almost kind of hear on some of these tracks, even that uh, totally. those those droning chords, like playing just a couple yeah. of notes. You can really get a feel for it here. Totally. And, and it's funny because it, it, to me, this is what I love about Cabaret Voltaire. It's like, it has this, like, it's like mixtures of, you, you could see that they loved like dub rock and roll. It it was kind of surfy, you know, like in mm-hmm. its sense of, it's like kind of like they, they would use guitars, but the guitars kind of sounded like synthesizers just heavily processed. But like, that's why I think this record for me to this day, it was like, I got this, I think I, I got the single for nag, nag, nag. And then I I got this record. Um, I hadn't bought Mix Up yet, and which Mix Up was the first record, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then like, but you know, but there's like so much like crazy like tape stuff that you know, like I love the stories. Like there's all these stories about them that like they would they would drive around in like this like weird cargo van with like speakers on it, just like blowing sounds out in Sheffield, just like of like distorted tape music, you know, like just driving around a van at night, like freaking fucking people out, like total, like Sonic, like, like assault, you know, (laughs) I love that. So, so awesome. And I mean, they, you know, they were, they were going, you know, concurrently with TG. I mean, you know, they, you know, the first kind of experimentations they were doing around 74 and and even industrial records put out that tape uh, of, of some of those early experimentation. I think mute did a box set, uh, you know, uh, years later. Totally. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they were right there doing this insane stuff. And there's oh. crazy stories. They had a studio that they shared with the Human League at one point. Yeah. Um, but then the, the Human League vacated, and it just became this like maniac space where um, they would hang out and watch like B grade horror movies. Yeah, and totally. B grade movies and do amphetamines and hang out. I mean, only Kirk says that he did it, so uh, I won't speak <laughs> yeah. for everybody. But uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's funny because right, I... we can picture the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's amazing, <laughs> and they're both amazing people. Like I, I was lucky enough to play with Richard H. Kirk at a festival in Spain or oh sorry it was in Portugal we oh, played cool. in we, we played in an old castle super mental oh, I, we, wow. we, we, we played different days but the funny thing so like I was getting ready getting breakfast in the morning and I saw him walking out and I ran out I'm like I'm all dude can I take a picture with you? <laughs> I, I, I can send it to you guys if you guys need it. Heck yeah, and like, I don't want that. Are you kidding? Okay, <laughs> okay, but then he had this like this like German like handler like his the dude I guess was maybe his friend, and he's like, mm-hmm. if you post that on social media, he'll hate you forever. <laughs> like oh. that's, <laughs> that's what Did he you told do me. It? No, did you I do did it? it. Yeah, yeah, I, did yeah. it. I did it. I did it. It's all, it only lives on my computer and my phone. Okay, like, that's it. okay. Then we can't post it either. We, we will yeah. respect. I feel like we're wishes. bound by his wishes. Yeah. At yeah. This okay. Point. Well, at least, at least the story. At least the story exists. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I love that it, that photo exists. Yeah, and and also like you know like I got later on to uh, I got to meet Malander. Just I emailed him out of mm-hmm. the blue. That I did want him to do vocals on a record I was working on. It never yeah. worked out. But he's like such a sweet dude. Like I sent him a bunch of like Jealous God records and I was like so happy that he even knew who I was. I was like, oh, my God, you know who I am? Like, what the fuck? You know, like. Oh, it's so sick. Yeah. Be, be, again, because I think with this kind of stuff, like Cabaret Voltaire for me, again, it's like what I've always a lot of the ways that I make music, like using weird like vocal samples or the way that I do my vocals. It's very deadpan. It's in that same way. It's more of a narration. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I always loved about Malander, that he had such a way with that. And also Richard H. Kirk, too. Like, they both had this way to do that. And it was like, it was so, like, stoic. Like, when you see footage of them playing live, it's just, like, dedications to these chords. And it's like, you see, like, you know, Malander is just, like, barking, you know, barking stuff out. And it's like, it's so amazing, you know? And, like, that's why Voice of America, like, you know, when you listen to Messages Received, like... um, yeah, fuck the, the beginning lyrics i'm not exactly sure what they are but it's like um it's it, it's one of the lyrics it's like mind turned mind turned inside out and it's like it's so it's like i would listen to that it, it, it's just like fuck and it's like he's talking about this girl kind of having like mental problems you know like total like mental yeah. breakdown and it's so it's so dystopian and like relevant for today you know and I Absolutely. found out what the the clip is um, a police instructions on how to cope with the Beatles. Um, oh my fans god! Yeah, that's the opening. No, that's the opening track. Right? That's, the, uh, yeah. that's for Voice of America. Damage is done. That's the opening track. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about that. I'm no, sorry. Yeah. I'm bad. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, the but opening that, track is so, it's so cr- sick. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so creepy, it's dude. Yes. It's like it's, you're like, what the fuck? Like, holy it's shit. dark and ominous, and it does remind you of like, yeah. like the mental problems of you yeah. know us as a society. Yeah, yeah. like th- there there will be no dancing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No dancing like, in the, the aisles. There, there, there will be no running up and down the aisles. And it was like about the earplugs. Like we have earplugs. If you run out earplugs, we'll have some cotton. Like, and it's just like, but and then, but and then, dude, the crazy thing about that is you see how fucked up America was. Like, you start mm-hmm. seeing like how controlling it's always. It's always. It's always been a part of, uh, the, the, I guess, the DNA of America, which is, I, I think, partially the allure of all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Was, was, so was Cabaret Voltaire kind of one of the first projects for you? The, I guess the idea of the machine, uh, cre- the machine being in control and the machine making the music. Was yeah. Cabaret Voltaire a very early introduction for you for that idea? Yeah, because, you know, a lot of it, what I always appreciated, it was so, it was like very utilitarian in its method. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that like, I always appreciated because it it like made the recording of something possible on a very one-to-one level. Like you, like I do it all the time. Like I would just record stuff off the TV, you know, and just like, Mm -hmm. I would just run audio off off of a movie, then process it. I've done it a bunch recently where I did this, um, I did this track for this compilation and I think it was for, I think it was for Buenos Aires and then all the shit was going down there. And it was basically like a newscaster. I, I just took, I took a news clip off of like, off of the news, like on TV. And like, it was just this lady speaking about what was happening real time. And that's the intro of this track that it's just like the news, this lady talking. And I just ran into all these effects. Yeah. And the, and the backbeat is the Omnicord, you know, like it's like, it, it's like, for me, it's like those things. It, it just, it, it, it's like, it's like your painter's palette. You know, you start seeing how they paint it and you're like, okay, I, it made me feel that I could do it. And it made me feel that like with these parts, you have this palette that you can paint with, but it still allows for elements of creation. Like someone might paint a blue line but I'll paint that blue line differently, but I'm still using, I'm still using a brush and blue paint, you know? So it becomes this thing of like, it kind of, it kind of made things possible. Be like, Oh, I can do that too. You know? Yeah. Like you're changing the context so that everybody thinks about that thing differently because you're framing it in a totally different way. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So they were always really important in that sense, but also like, you know, I mean, I, I think the beauty of the, of Cabaret Voltaire was like the constant exploration, like, 
mixing video. Like, you know, they had Double Vision and Double Vision was like their media company with like they did that that like long format VHS tape of like it's like the longest music video thing. That's like, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know it, but it sounds amazing. Now I want to see it. No, it's awesome. It's like, it's it's like, it's sick. It's like just like weird news footage, all processed through like VHS processors and like. Is that the um, drinking gasoline video? Um, I think it might be dude. I I, I mean, I have, I I look, I know what the DVD looks like. It's like this red one. Oh, the red one is different than drinking gasoline. I can't remember the name of that one right now. Yeah. But that's the long format one. I think. No, I have to check out. Like, even their collage is so wild because, you know, it was like what their first, like, if you go to Discogs, you can see their first, like, like a demo tape they made and just gave yeah. to a friend and it's up there. Of course, like none have ever been sold or anything, but it looks so insane. It looks like this album cover yeah. uh, of Voice of America, but it's like 1973. Like, it's insane, yeah. like how far ahead they were um, in terms of like their vision for what they wanted to do. Yeah. And, and, it, and for me, it was one of those things. It was like. I guess the like, like the dedication to like it's one of I always I've always appreciated is like when you you have ownership over everything that you do and it's everything's proprietary. So their mm-hmm. artwork, their music, and the way they dress, the way they have their videos, like everything is a vision, you know, and it's like what it's singular. And that's one of the things that for me I I've always I've always loved that part when people take it to that level and there's an mm-hmm. appreciation for like the art, the music, and everything kind of comes together because they've like have thought about it so much. And then I think what happens is like, I mean, I don't know if it's weird. Like, I think there's an element of like when you come from like blue collar background and you've always worked like it's like it just becomes like an extension of what you do. So like let's it's like all of us, like we will always mm-hmm. do whatever we're doing, regardless if we're working or not working. Like exactly, me, me, like me working at a restaurant right now is not a deterrent for me to not make weird music. Like it's like if anything, yeah. it makes you want to do it more, you know. <laughs> right. And it's like, and it's like, it's like these solutions to your dystopic vision of just like that's the exercise, you know. It's like always working to like be in a different place or whatever, you know. It's like, I, and and what I loved about you know Cabaret Voltaire was like it was that singular vision that it, it was it was wide and like. You know, they were really into VHS and really into like sound manipulation. And like, at least that was my interpretation of it. And it was so impactful, you know, and I always love that when people do that. Well, you know, I think that would kind of lead me to talk a little bit about um, Sandwell District. Obviously, the uh, what you were a part of uh, starting yeah. around what, 2008, 9, 10, something like that. Or Well, I did the math the other day. So I think my first Sandwell District record yeah, so it was oh, it was two thousand and six. Okay, was the first like my first Sandwell District record. Gotcha, and awesome. and, and and that recording happened in 05. Okay, so yeah, so okay, so okay, mid two thousands, okay. and and you're you're responsible for the artwork, right? Of of most Sandwell District stuff, all Sandwell District stuff. There was a phase because so like at the time, like Carl Carl O'Connor Regis, his his girlfriend at the time, uh, Claudie Den, she's a really great graphic designer. She's she she did a lot of the early Tresor records and and also this other label called Cans Lab. Like her design was really I would I would always pay attention to it. She's always really awesome. So she did the first kind of part, <clears throat> and then once like Carl had asked me to start making music again because I'd I'd taken a break. I had some legal trouble, um, and I like I was like on probation. I couldn't leave the country for a while. So in that time, I started working on music again. And nice. Me, me and Carl had been friends, and he's like, if you ever want to make music again, you should do it for Sandal District. So 
this kind of went on and we started working as a group with me, Dave and Carl. And then we kind of like took the approach of like, basically like the way that let's say TG was like, you know, there was someone in charge of the visuals. There was someone in charge of the music. There was someone in charge of the PR. Like we all had our little, our, our jobs and there was like a sense of hierarchy. And um, yeah, so there was a, a certain point in time I took over on the visuals and that's became the, the kind of mix. And it was really influenced by all this, like, the idea of what post-punk did. And it was kind of like, you know, it's like art house. It's like, you know, art kids making music that isn't really music. It's more like art and it's still music, but, and that's kind of how that worked out. Well, then there's, there isn't a very industrial feel to the look, even, even the, even the color of the, to the 12 inch sleeves, you know, that, that yeah. kind of dark green gray, that, that yeah, industrial totally. look mm-hmm. and yeah. your art. But I mean, but I mean, was Cabaret Voltaire's art, you know, that, that must've been kind of oh, in the dude, back of your mind. One to one. Cause I mean, you yeah. know, one, like my friends, I remember I was like, there was, there was a point, um, I, I was in my late twenties, eh, like early twenties. And I was always really, I always felt really self-conscious that I didn't go to college and like, I always wanted to, but kind of like couldn't really afford it and things never worked out that way. But one of my friends, one of my friend, my friend, John Santos, one of the things, the best things he ever told me was like, he's like, dude, look at your record covers. Your record covers will be your information. And like, yeah, I think for most of us, like that's where we all learn so much. It's like, you know, it's like, I, I know people hate this, but I'm like, I'm a really big Smiths fan. Like I love the Smiths, but like for me, like I, that's where I learned about Oscar Wilde. Like I would have never read Oscar Wilde if it wasn't yes. for fucking the Smiths. I would have never been into Jean Cocteau and like seen or, like Orpheus, like the Jean Cocteau Orpheus is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, so learning about film, music, literature in that capacity, this is what music has done for me, you know? And like, when you look at like, you know, there's people like Cabaret Voltaire, you know, Throbbing Gristle, like it's where you know you learn about William Burroughs and you were like Brian Ginson and all of this stuff comes from that. All the Dada oh. movement, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Voltaire. There you go. I mean, yeah. like totally, I, totally. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's art and, propagating more art. It's great. Totally, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, in 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 a weird way, the nice thing about it for me that I love is like it's it, it's like it, it becomes democratic at that point where it's accessible to everyone, and mm-hmm. you can basically. If you want to make something, you make it. And and at the end of the day, because we don't really care all necessarily if we're going to make money or not, like, because we've always just, at least I think for most of us, like, we do what we do. Like, this is like, if, if you made a business plan, what we do, what we do is yeah. not, they would no. be like, why, why are you doing that? You're just losing money. It's like, yes, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so that's what I've always loved about this is that like, you know, we basically, we do this because we love it, you know? And like, for me, it's just shown me so many different sides of things. And like, I've met so many amazing people. Like, it's why I know you guys, like for me, absolutely. Yeah. at the end of the day, like, it's why I love LA. It's like, I love LA because of the people that I know. LA is awesome. And it's fucking weird. And I love it. But at the same time, it's like, but it's also the, the true essence of, a, of people that I've met that come from different places. Some are from here, some are not, but it's like the time spent and the com and like the commonalities that we have of fucking just liking weird shit. And it's kind of awesome. Like there's, for me, it's like, I just, I learned, I've learned so much and I continue to, you know, and I don't get tired of these things. Like, like, you know, right before I called you guys, like I, I went through uh, voice of America and I was just like, Holy fucking shit. Like this yeah. record, this record is still insane. 
<laughs> like, yeah, it truly is. Yeah. It's like, you're like, dude, like, I, 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 this is why I can always listen to this, you know, like, I mean, I remember one of my favorite things, Cabaret Voltaire was like, there's this factory records, um, DVD that has all the videos. And for some reason there's a video, um, I think it, it's, on, it's on there, uh, for no escape. Oh, cool. Right. And like, when you see that video, it's just them out in like this, like kind of like mountainy grassy, like dead field. And like, Nothing's plugged in, but they're just playing in a field, you know? Right. And like, I love that. And it, it's, and it, it's, it's, like, it's so sick. <laughs> and like, I didn't realize that, that that's like, that's a fucking seed song, you know? So you start right. connecting yeah, yeah, the yeah. dots. Like, you start connecting the dots of like, they loved fucking weird ass fucking garage rock and rock and roll. And it's, you know, like this kind of surfy vibe. And then you get nag, nag, nag. It's like, it's like, it, it, it's so insane. It just, it could be like some like Dick Dale shit running through like a drum machine or something, you know? It's just like kind of crazy. Well, and and even on uh, uh, stay out of it, there's that that has that weird guitar. Yes, I wrote I wrote is, this down. I, I mean, in context of one, yeah. uh, no, stay out of it gives me a hundred percent question mark in the Mysterians vibe, like ninety six tears. Like it could be. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, it could be that band, and it's so sick. It's so crazy because yeah. it's got the weird Western guitar, the drums sound real, and the yeah, it's it's. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. It's also it's the same length as ninety six tears within like groove. five seconds. It's like totally stay out of it to That's me. So is, is like question mark in the Mysterians yeah. as Cabaret Voltaire. Yeah. It's so so cool. And that clip is from Outer Limits. Um, it's yeah. it's from from the episode Demon with a Glass Hand. Oh, and oh the really? Hand That's amazing. Told me I need to look at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I'm sure Killer. they're just like hanging out in the studio, like going far out, like watching Outer Limits episodes. Like it's you can see all of it. It's great. It's yeah, so no, inspirational. No, but I think that's the thing. It's like all of it. I mean, like I've been doing that, like. I just watched like the first three Hellraisers recently and oh, I was just like, yes. <laughs> and it, dude, and I was like, this is so good. Like, it's this yeah. is so, it's so fucking mental, but, it's but dark. again, oh, it's so good, dude. And like, but again, it's like this whole element of like, I mean, you know, we're like fucking nerds. Like we love this shit. I love it, dude. Like I don't get sick of it. Like I watched creep show the other day. I was like, yep, still fucking awesome. Oh, oh, creep show's great. We watched creep, we watched creep show not too long One ago. And two. Yeah. We watched yeah. both. <laughs> so good. I know. Oh, dude, forever. the raft. Oh my God. It's insane. I love the one, the one with Ted Danson when he's under yeah. the, like, but they're buried oh, neck yeah. deep in the yes, sand and so the good. ocean so is good. coming over them. It's psychotic. Ooh. No, yeah. we, no, we never, I'll, I'll, we never get over this stuff. I love that yeah. stat of it too. It, it literally sounds yeah. like it's on a boat and it just could fall apart at any second. Time. I know. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think that's the thing. I mean, with Cabaret Voltaire, it's like, there's just this like freedom. It, 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 what, one of the things I loved about it too, is it, it made it free. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Record some, some audio from this, run it through a tape loop like this. And like, you know, for example, one of the things that I love that, Pete Swanson secured a, a, an original copy of a bootleg. So there's this Terry Riley record called Poppy No Good. And it's just like Terry Riley. So it starts off. It's like, it sounds like a, like a jet hum. It's like, it's like this real like crazy, like, like oscillating hum. And all of a sudden it breaks into this like soul track. And, it, and this was done live apparently, but the, oh. like he's basically running this record through like, through like an echoplex or something. So all of a sudden it's all, this, it starts saying like, you're no good you're no good. And then it starts repeating itself and like feeding into itself. And it's this like crazy cacophony of like, like a, a, a record, just a normal record running through an echoplex 
in a live setting like who the you know what i mean and like wow. that's that same mentality is like you know you see cabaret voltaire with some of like the tape loop stuff that they did and it was just like there's this like freedom just like i'm just gonna run this through this and let's see what happens and all of yeah. a sudden you get this like insanity of like this new type of shit that you've never heard you know and like and, and to me that never gets old because like let's say if you're running like vocals through like an amp and then like some delay all of a sudden you start getting this like dystopic vision depending on the way that you're talking you know it's like it can have such a mood and tone in just this really simple way and like that's what i look again that's what i love about cabaret voltaire it's like there's just like this sense of like they're really good at making you feel like you're in a dystopic movie. Like when you listen to those records, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of someone's real name, uh, we, you know, we talked about two members of Cabaret Voltaire being Stephen Malander and Richard H. Kirk, but there Watson. is a very important third member, yeah. Chris Watson, yeah. who is uh, at this point, a renowned field recordist. And yeah. he's like, yeah. like contributed nature recordings and stuff to like documentaries uh, has done his own records of recordings of all sorts of different things. And, uh, yeah, went on, you know, left Cabaret Voltaire and went on to become a, you know, he's got CDs on Touch and, and a bunch of other labels. Yeah, that, yeah I always feel like it formed Halfler Trio. And, yeah. and was a part oh. of Halfler Trio, whom we have Shit, not covered I forgot yet, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I plan to. And, and yeah. he was a sound engineer at the BBC. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he went yeah. on. And I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he left the band like right before like a big tour or something like that too, I think. like Well, because I think Watson, mm-hmm. I remember I read, I read somewhere, he just like didn't want to like go big. You know, he didn't want yeah. that. He wanted exactly. nothing to do with that, you know? And I guess I, I, I always, I guess me being how I am, like, I, I, I have a, I, I feel the resentment as well. Like for some reason, I, I like, I took that on. I was like, Watson left early. He didn't see the vision, but you know, <laughs> but, 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 but Watson also did his own thing and he did it right. You know? And I, I have really great respect for him as well. But you know, like for me, like, one of the tracks again, like when you talk about Richard H. Kirk, like um, "Never Lose Your." What is it? Oh my God! I'm like, oh, uh, 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 I have the twelve inch here. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, "Never Lose Your Shadow." So like that was that that track was originally like I, I think it was on a mute mute comp only, and like I would always hear uh, Veronica Vasca play it. I'm like, dude, what is that? That's amazing. And I would, I don't, I look, I, I don't ever want to take credit for things, but like I was really like stressing. I'm like you need to reissue this. Someone needs to do this. I think it has to be you. <laughs> like I kept like, and then like, and then when she, and when it happened, I'm like, it fucking happened. Holy shit. And then like, I got a copy of the record. I was like dying. Cause it's like, I always, I always play that track now too. It's like one of the most amazing things in my opinion. Um, but, but you know, it's again, it's just like, it, it's all part of the same stuff. Like, you know, it's like, I think, I think Cabaret Voltaire, the thing, one of the things that I love about it the most, again, you, you hear it in the voice of America, there's like such a purity to it. And it's like, it's still so weird. Like, yeah, yes. It's just like, it's, it's like, it, it's like, I don't know, man. Like it just, it sounds like super, just like if there's Martians, it's like Martian music, you know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's so well, fucked, you know, well, even, even like, I always kind of think, especially off this record, like this is entertainment being like the, Oh, 
the quote unquote yeah. single, but even that, like the way again, kind of like you're saying, the way he does those vocals, it's almost like like this is entertainment, this is fun, like with that. This dead is pan, entertainment. Yeah, this like this deadpan, yeah. like yeah. just like ironic is, vocal. Is this fun? Yeah. Like, wait, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, am I being entertained? Like, and, and even hearing it, you just think of like the band after band that sparked that type of like ironic vocal that's being sung in that way. Like, yeah. it's, it's truly like just. Right at the onset. It's funny because while it most might be the like the single or the most uh, pop aspirations of any track, it's so not because it's got like right the reggae bass horns, yeah. like nasty electronics and weird like like watery drum machine on it. Like it really yeah. is mutant pop. It doesn't. It's not ready for radio play, but it's the closest <laughs> thing this it's, record uh, has yeah. to it. Yeah, it's I mean, did, I, yeah. I mean, did you know what? It's funny, Gray. Like I, I've been listening to a lot of Profligate recently. And, and, and like, it, he does that as well. Like, it's like pop music, but like fucked up, you know, like Noah is really good at that as well. And I think that's the thing, like, it's, it's like these kind of, like, I think it's just one of those things, like, it, the, the, what Cabaret Voltaire was added freedom. Like, they're mm-hmm. so free to be like, we don't give a fuck what you think about any of this but this is what you this is what you're going to listen to we're doing this and if you want to listen you're going to listen if not fuck off like you know what i mean how much freedom do you give yourself when you're doing a silent servant set as far as like like how much do you know you're going to do how much do you just kind of oh this um, is happening now i'm going to go with this premeditated yeah. Yeah, yeah. completely yeah i mean i mean to be honest like i guess like i mean for example in a lot of the records what i'll literally do is like i'll make the I'll make the sequences and the music and I'll pick a book. Like for example, uh, the record that I did the split with broken English club on city tracks, that, that is me reading the third mind, like Brian Ginson and, and William Burroughs. It's just me reading out of the book through, oh, through wow. a mic into a pedal. Oh. Like I'll just read and I'll just keep. And, and to be honest, like even like, let's say in a live setting, typically what I would do is like, I would, I would maybe write down a, a few things but a lot of it is literally me just like speaking freely about what I'm feeling at the time. And it's, so it's very open. It, it's just like, that's, it's, it's, it's just like, there's definite, there's definite like, um, there's definite themes that I'll, I'll like circle that are kind of more based on my life. Let's say, um, like, dude, like, it, I mean, for example, hosp- the hospital fest is really hard for me because I had had some personal stuff like with my mother and like, I actually spoke about what had happened. That was what I was speaking through the mic. Yeah. And like, I, I literally like, I, I started crying during that show because it was like so personal, but it's what I had to do. You know, it's like, so I think that's the thing. It's like with these situations, it's like allowing yourself freedom to speak about what is going on. And I think, you know, luckily, you know, there, there is some effects that can mask things and like, but that's how it gets out. You know, I think that's like part of the, cathartic part of what we do musically is like we're allowed to like express that way and not give any limitation like so some most of the time i mean most time lyrically there's themes that like i kind of speak about but like it's mainly stuff of whatever i'm feeling at the moment is what i do yeah i mean 
the times we've seen you, it everything that you're doing just seems so natural and so fluid. And I guess that's why we're just curious about it. Like I saw that hospital set, and you know, yeah. if you had told me like I had everything like drawn up on a spreadsheet and I knew exactly what I was doing, <laughs> yeah. I would have believed it. Yeah. And if you had said, if you had said that like no, I just I just kind of winged it and did it like this, I would have believed it too because it just really um, just seems very you know personal but also seamless. Yeah, and, and I think that's the beauty about like what we do musically. I think it allows. I think more so, more so than than ever. What we do musically, because you know we we we're we're, we're not tied to any like. If I sell ten records or five hundred records, I'm still going to do the same thing, <laughs> right? You know, and like, and I think that's the beauty of it is like it allows us to just like do what we do, you know, and like again, this is what I love about this kind of music is like, you know, I mean. The, the, for me, there's two parts. Like at, at the end of the day, I, I I'm a DJ. Like I grew up DJing. That's I, I, the reason I started DJing is because it, it was a place for me to not. I could I could attend the party without having to talk to anybody. You know, right. like right. You, was, have the, you have that barrier. Yeah, that well, was like when, that was like my method. You know, when did you start DJing? I was 16. Wow. So like, uh, yeah, like five started, years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Man. I'm gonna be yeah, I know, right? I know, I know. Um, yeah, I'm fuck. I'm gonna be 43 uh, next month. So it's pretty wild. I've been de- I've been DJing more than half of my life. <laughs> and wow. when, when did you? When did it become Silent Servant? Um, around this time in 2004. So around I, the same time when you kind of linked yeah. up with Sandwell, that yeah. all yeah. is all kind of concurrent. Yeah, I mean, because I'd, I'd done other stuff that I wasn't so proud of. I mean, it's not bad when I look at it. It's just like, for me, this the, the second round that I got through, like Silent Servant, was like everything I wanted. It was just like Eagle Parts New Wave, Eagle Parts Industrial, super like, you know, like gothy and sad at the same time. And like very, you know, I don't know, just it, it allowed a lot of freedom. So... You know, and, and again, like listening to things like Cabaret Voltaire allowed those things. You know, it's like, again, it, it made me be able to do whatever I wanted to do. Well, I mean, you inject, you know, pre, you, you, you know, noise in a lot of your stuff, especially, you know, Absolutely. stuff on negative fascination. Yeah. You know, there is definitely like, I mean, and then, you know, kind of, I bet, you know, we, you know, we've seen you more. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen you actually at like a full on techno club. Usually it's just kind of at clubs around here. I yeah. mean, when you, yeah. you know, I would imagine just being able to push the limits on some of those systems is probably pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, especially with like the music, like this is why I've always loved techno and industrial, you know, it's like, I mean, again, like there, it is that, that, that sonic spectrum, you know, it's funny, like people that like normal dance meets are like, Oh my God, like your, your records kind of have a lot of noise in them. Like, yeah, yeah, that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crazy thing is like, you know, when you hear some of those records on a sound system, they're pretty scary. Like, like, like some of my records at Bearkind, like literally it sounds like the end of the world. It's like wow. super, it's like, it's like apocalyptic, you know, it's like apocalyptic. <laughs> and it's just like some of those feedbacks and like a lot of the guitar feedbacks on the, on the last record. Cause like what I did on the last record, I used like, um, just one of these like little Ebo things, you know? Oh yeah. And I, I ran a guitar through an amplifier so a lot of the things that the strings that I would normally play on a synth, I basically try to mimic those with the guitar through an amp and I was able to, but what I realized, like it, it is on some of the systems, like it, it's kind of scary. And it's like, shit, 
people kind of like are like, what is that screeching sound? Because I just think I died a little bit. Like it's just like <laughs> I was hoping insane. that during those parts, people just insanely freaked out. Yeah, I well, mean, it was, it, there, there's like a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a bit of both. But the, the thing half is, when and you, half. like, yeah, and like in some clubs, you definitely have control over the 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 sonic situation, mm-hmm. and it is pretty insane. Like a friend of mine explained it. It was really funny. His explanation was like house music on like a big sound system sounds pretty heavy. Techno sounds like it's the end of the world. Like, <laughs> you know? So it's like this, this like, and again, it's like, dude, when you listen to like, dude, like, you know, if you listen to like, like how no escape sounds like on mix up, it's just like, it's like, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's just like, and yeah. it's very much yeah. like nag, nag, nag as well. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, but you're listening to the seeds basically run through like a fucking tin can and a fucking amp, you know, it sounds insane. <laughs> and like the beauty of that, that that is like what we like. And it's like, it sounds yes. fucking awesome. And, and the thing is, it's like that kind of music and that those kind of things, like they set the standard. Like, it's like, if you're going to fucking go there, like they went there. And like, absolutely, it, it's it's yeah. our responsibility to continue that and like keep pushing music, keep pushing the the sonic spectrum, you know. And like, it's really funny when like, you know, it's like a, you know, I'll talk to people about let's say how they mix their records, and like, you know, I'll talk about techno. I'm like, techno is not about an even mix. Techno is about pushing sonic boundaries. So you have to understand that you can do that, and it's okay. It's it's okay for things to be in the red. You know, all of that is part of it. You know, and like. You know, until you listen to something like Jesus and Mary Chain, like, you know, like Psycho Candy. That's just yeah. like, uh, that, that that record, it does not sound good on certain speakers, you know? But, <laughs> right, right. But when you get, when you do hear it properly, again, like when you listen to Voice of America, like, it's so engulfing. You know, it's like, it's like, I mean, dude, I've been driving in my car and listen, listen to messages received and hearing the lyrics and the music. And like, it literally is like almost made me cry because you're just like... What the fuck did I just hear? Like, this is insane, you know? Like, and that's why I, I like, I'm a really big fan of driving in the car and listening to music because it's like, it's kind of amazing. Well, I, that makes absolutely. sense because I, I, I mean, I absolutely think Negative Fascination is one of the great uh, driving uh, albums. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, Thank for you. sure. No, absolutely. For I think sure. It might be in my car right now, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, actually, thanks. actually, when we, when we, when Tara and I moved out here, uh, uh, Dom sent us a little pack of yeah. for, of like CDs mm-hmm. to listen to on the drive out, and we we had already had Negative Fascination, so we had that. But then he sent us uh, what, uh that Regis CD that's like red, red. And, and blue. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the album he did on Black and Silver Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had those two CDs, and yeah. it was like our night drives. It's like put on Silent Servant, put on Regis, and it's just yeah. like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. plane state just yeah. like trucking along a lo- the planes yeah. and you're in the middle of nothing it's yeah. it's amazing but also e- airplanes but, but I know what you mean though <laughs> especially something like messages received there's something about you know machine music and, and yeah. synthesizers and drum machines mm-hmm. that it there's something so emotional <laughs> that it gets to some different emotion that other things can't I think yeah because I, I think because you you have to you have to apply emotion to something that is emotionless. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, these are machines that don't have any feelings. So you're applying that feeling to it. And if you're able to get that out of it, man, it, it just like, it, that's why it's so intense. You know, I, I think, I mean, like 
I just I had some like kind of like creative breakthrough just like four or five nights ago on this record for for lies for Ron. And like I was when I had I kind of started listening to the composition and started fixing things. And like there was a point when I was like sitting there with like the headphones on because I mainly worked in the headphones on this. Like I, I had this really I had this like feeling of heaviness that kind of came over me. And like it was a bit of happiness, but I'll also feeling sadness of the music and i was like fuck that just happened right now holy shit and this is the beauty to to, to your point of what you're saying is like i think this is the beauty about this thing it's like applying emotion to things that don't have emotion and it really really making it become something and i think that that does i think when you're able to do that it's kind of amazing Absolutely. Yeah, abstract things can somehow just pull things out of you that yeah. that that's something that's super straightforward wouldn't because you have to like work to get to that point where yeah, you totally. have, have that feeling. And Active it, listening. Yeah. 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 And there, there has to be a strong intention. The intention yeah, has to be there. Engaged. Yeah, you're right. For sure. Enga- like engaged emotion. It's great. For sure. You know what pulled me right in on this record? Obviously, Voice of America Damage is done being the first thing and really sets the narrative, but the second track, partially submerged, is it's it could be on a like selected ambient works too or something like it's got yeah. a very totally. Apex Twin yeah. vibe. Yes. There's drum machine shows up for like a couple seconds in it, but it's like modulated, warbly, off kilter, droney, and then there's there's like ta- like there's bird recordings in there. <laughs> there's just yeah. some, like <laughs> some recordings of birds. In, in I mean, track. dude, yeah, I, I mean, dude, yeah, totally. And like the thing yeah. is, like. I mean, you listen to a track like Neil, Neil to the Boss. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's such like directive emotion behind that fucking track. Like, you know, and it's just like, it, I mean, it, it's one of those things that's like, I, I think you can go through a range of emotions through this record because it has all, all of like the high lows of things, you know? On it's pretty the insane. Boss, there's there's like some backwards tapes and uh yeah it it feels more like uh like I wrote trash percussion down in my notes that it's just like there's some kind of metal objects being played in it it's yeah. not all it's not drum machine entirely it's like some weirdness and combined with that and then the man the vocal processing on this is something that's like oh, like so on obsession good. it's like blown out but it's not loud it's just like yeah. breaking up out of it uh I think it's I think it's really weird how like the the processing like premonitions uh, almost sort of like lazy power electronics. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And it's yeah, 100%, it's 100% dude. Kind of a crazy thing to to think about as being on, you know, on this record like there's kind of only four songs on this record and the rest is definitely these weird experiments and even the songs are barely that by any definition. Totally. I was going to bring that up Greg cuz I think, you know, for me I have a tendency of listening to records as a DJ more, more like I'm not always, I don't know. Yeah. You've been to my house, my old place in downtown. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, late, late night wise. Um, but like, I'm always like changing the records. I always had the DJ set up so I could always like play a song, play another song, play another song. But this is one of those records. Like when you allow yourself to listen to it, it, it like puts you in different places because it is a bit of a weird journey. Cause like it, it it's like the connective tissue like, you know, I would say Neil to the boss, this is entertainment. Um, obsession and messages received could technically be the songs on the record. And the rest mm-hmm. is just c- connective tissue to get you to those places. But what I always loved about it is that, like, there's just enough time where it's like, 
I feel that I've been listening to something just enough before I want to change the record. And then a song comes in. Right, right. It's not like, too long. Yeah, yeah, the way it's organized yeah. is totally like that because it's it, it just keeps jumping right. When, yeah, right when you're kind of ready for a new thing, it, it yeah. gives you that. Yeah, but yeah, even the track it, length is like six minutes, three minutes, yeah, three minutes, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Like it keeps it moving. That's great. Yeah, and, I mean, and to be honest, like for me, Cabaret Voltaire, like when you listen to Naked Fascination, the reason that like it is the length that it is, it's like, and the reason it's not a double OP because I remember Don, like people were trying to sell me that I should do a double OP. I'm like, no, dude, I want a single flip. I want you to listen to one side and flip the other. And this is what I love, always loved about Cabaret Voltaire records is mm. that aside from like, you know, most of their LPs were like single flippers. They weren't like double LPs, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like, because the time it's like seven tracks, you know, seven to 10 tracks, depending. And like you're in, you get it, you get the point and you're out. But it's just enough time to keep you there but not, not enough time to bore you. And that's the beauty, I think, of what they do. Yeah, And it and, totally and, matches the theme of what they're dealing with. Totally. totally, and, totally. And, and then giving you the option to like flip it again if you want. I, I mean, I think Shadows of Death and Desire is, is similar as well. I mean, yeah. I, in, in my yeah, mind, same process. You can, mm -hmm. that's the one where you're like, oh, just hit play again because it's, it was over before you know it totally. kind of thing. For sure. And it was just like, again, like I, I guess those are like emotional little like messages. You're like, this is what I want you to feel at this time in this way for this amount of time, just enough to get in and out, you know? And yeah. And you know, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of insane. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, 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 this, uh, I mean, my copy of voice of America is so beat up and, and I love that it <laughs> but, is. But. You know, uh, dude. And it's also too, like there's some, yeah. Ours is, ours is totally ours a, is yeah, pretty, yeah, like splitting up. and <laughs> everything. I think they're all haggard the, copies all around. But the actual <laughs> vinyl, the actual vinyl too, like there really is something about old, actual old vinyl from 1980. It, like when I when we put on stuff, sometimes new vinyl, I gotta turn up like way yeah, but not louder. This. this is yeah. like as loud as like it's yeah. just the way it was pressed. Can I, mean, I tell you there's something different. that'll drive you crazy? I wrote it down because I was surprised. Um, this was recorded in March and April of 1980. It was released in July of 1980. Dude, How? a two month <laughs> turnaround, turnaround time. And, dude, yeah, I, it's possible, dude. I totally yeah. see it. And it, <laughs> was, it, it was pressed now, at now. It's like a two year turnaround time. <laughs> I know, I know, but dude, if you think about it, I mean, like, I mean, dude, I remember like, because, you know, Western works became something important for so many records for like, dude, Western works made so much thick shit. Like, um, I mean, I think there's even this is Bobby, uh, Robert Lane, <laughs> Bobby mm -hmm. Tense, um, Amato Mio, Bobby, he, he, he's the one that sent me like, there's a version that, um, oh my God, it's the manager what is his name? I'm slowly spacing. He's like one of the guys that worked at Factory. Rob Gretton. So there's like a Rob Gretton mix of, a, of I forget what track it is. I'll, I'll find it. Mm -hmm. But it, this was recorded at Western Works. And there's Rob Gretton on vocals of, on, 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 a, like a, on a New Order track. It's fucking amazing. But this was done at Western Works. Fucking with, with, Bo, with Malander and fucking Kirk, you know? Wow. Wow, that's so sick. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think Western Works was so important to so many people because it was a place like, um, you know, you get like, there's so many weird records that were recorded there, you know? 
Well, and it seemed like there's lots of people with different interests hanging out. And I think that when you get so many artists together with different perspectives, it's only going to propel everybody forward in terms of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. So I think it's this track called, are you, or, uh, are you ready for this? And it's the Western works demo. There's also like a ceremony version that was done at Western works as well. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. There were like, there were some pretty rad, like, cause you know, they did so much stuff, you know, like Eric random, a lot of those recordings were done at Western works. So that's why they sound like, have you guys heard, you guys know Eric random. Yeah. I, I no, don't, I have to, I have to admit ignorance. I do Sorry. not know Eric random. Well, dude, now we have dude, some to check out. Yeah. Eric Random is sick, dude. It's like, it, it sounds like fucking Cabaret Voltaire, but it's so mutant and so weird. And when's but, um, it from? This is the same time, like, eight, wow. like 81, 82, 83. Oh, so cool. Eric, oh. Carl O'Connor introduced me to Eric Random. There's a really great Dark Entries reissue called a, a Boy Alone, and it has a lot of the early recordings of, like, that he did. Um, like, yeah, and like, he, for example... Yeah, er, er, you definitely check out Eric Random because it's fucking sick. Like, will cool. do. That's that's right. scary. so. So when you when you kind of came to Cabaret Voltaire, were you were there? Did someone introduce it to you? Did you, how how were you in a position to like know to pick this record up? I guess. Um, I mean, dude, you know what it was like. You know, because for me, a lot of what happened, it was like. So I went to New York, and I, it was like. Fuck, it was like 1997, 98, 99. Within that three-year period, I, a, a really close friend of mine, the guy that actually taught me how to DJ, this guy, Marcus Miller, one of my best friends, he moved to New York. We used to work together a lot here in, in, in LA. Before He moved to San Francisco. And um, then he moved to, to New York. I went to go visit him. And um, he used to work, he worked at... Um, at at Tonic, so Tonic, mm-hmm. Tonic was like the free jazz bar, and then they had the the basement club called Subtonic, and um, Marcus kind of helped run that. So I, I used to go visit him in New York, and like you know, I'd be like running around like, you know, back like just like filling the ice fucking bins for the fucking beers, like because <laughs> I would just hang out with him all the time. Like, and um, he took me to this one club in New York, and it was in the basement of this place called Lit. And the the basement club, I, I remember going with him and like I walked in, I was like, what is all this fucking music that's getting played right now? I don't know any of this. And like, you know, I was like a pretty hard like I grew up on New Wave and like it, for me, it went like New Wave. And then I got into like shoegaze Manchester stuff. But like I'd never heard a certain ratio. I'd never heard a fucking like I never really was never really into PIL, jaw wobble, any of that stuff, you know. So I went to this fucking club and they were playing, you know. Cabaret Voltaire, nag, nag, nag. They would play like a certain ratio, shack up. They would play James White and the Blacks, mm-hmm. like the contortions, like ESG. And that's that's where I heard nag, nag, nag. And I was like, dude, what is this? This is, you know, it was the first place that I heard um, Growl Zone, like Ice Bear, like that fucking track. Yeah. yeah. I heard it. At the, and I, I was like with my friend, just like, what the fuck is this shit? Because I don't know. <laughs> any of it and it just totally blew my mind and so what, what it started happening is I, I started like he basically like that that trip i'm like dude can you give me a list of these things i want to start looking for them and he gave me this like handwritten list of like by esg by cabaret voltaire Amazing. by throbbing gristle hell yeah yeah and at the and at the time it was before the reissue craze so like we we uh, so you know Pas- pasadena city college they always had a, a record, a record section in addition to the normal swap meet. 
So I started going to this, the record swap and like, dude, like, like again, it was before the issue craze. So I'd be like, oh, I just found three thriving gristle seven inches in the little camo baggie, the camo sleeves yes. for like, like a distant dreams, Icon B. Oh all my that. God. And then like finding, <laughs> you know, like all my early, like mute Cabaret Voltaire seven inches. And then it just like, it just, it, I, that changed my life, dude. Wow. That's and then amazing. like my, my copy of Whoa. Voices of America was bought at PCC. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. You know, we somehow we still have never, because they still, well, not right now, but I mean, yeah. that still goes on, right? I mean, the. I think so, dude. I mean, yeah. I haven't yeah, been in years. Yeah, people still talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. sick, though. But there was a couple of vendors, dude, that like, literally it was like, oh, shit. I just, like, I would find like, I would find like all the Delta 5, 7 inches, like, oh, on Rough Trade, like one, two, three, sick. Like, and that was like, oh. Five bucks, ten bucks, maybe. And you're like, play you know? it cool, play it cool. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I'm not and, that um, excited. Yeah, but that's how, you know, I, I just built up my collection that way. And like, you know, again, like another record for me that was really big in the Cabaret Voltaire, like, you know, discography is like Red Mecca. Like Red Mecca yeah. is insane. But but Voice of America, dude, that, that literally like messages received to this day is one of the most insane songs that like I hear. Like I still, I listen to it. I'm just like, Fuck, this is so good, you know? I think that well, first it, it, trilogy of records yeah. uh, mix up Voice of America and Red Mecca are really, like, landmark Cabaret Voltaire records. But yeah, you can't get better than that, dude. Like, you know? The thing that I that I heard first, and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, off mic, was the soundtrack to Johnny Yes No. Was, uh, yeah. I bought at, like, a mall. I, know, I knew the name <laughs> Cabaret Voltaire, but I bought it at, like, a mall CD store. That have so like sick, wax tracks cutouts and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. and this this record was so strange because it was like I'd already been listening to industrial and stuff, but this was like the weirdest rhythmic music with some of the weirdest sounds used in it. And as a soundtrack to what the hell movie could this even be about? But there's like stills on the back cover, so it looks like it's from a movie. You you believe that, but it's like. It's not. It's not no mainstream movie. It's not, no, like, dude. But the but dude, that that movie is so sick, dude. Oh, it is because it it, is. dude, it's it, it's like it's like it's like if you like Blade Runner, it's like it's like such a weird noir fucking like drug movie. It's like insane, dude. Like, and it's not even about drugs, but like, it's just it's got this heaviness of like, you know what happens in in life when like, you know it's like when you have a heavy night of drinking and you wake up somewhere and you're like, what happened? I don't know where I am right now. And like, <laughs> which has happened to me on a few occasions. Well, um, as a world traveler yes. who probably does yeah. sets around six in the morning sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I, I, can't, I can up. only imagine. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I did yeah. want to ask you, like, do you decide what your set's going to be like based on what time you're playing? Like, is your set from like 12 to three different from your like three to six a.m. set? Not necessarily. I mean, it depends if a club's opening, you know, there's a, there's etiquette to that yeah. for sure. Like as a DJ, there is etiquette to those things. In my opinion, I always try to follow like like if I'm opening for someone, I'm not going to go fucking super hard and like fuck it up for him and be like, wow, everyone's tired now. Like, oh, yeah, I, you know, yeah. there's this. There, but 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 within that construct, there's ways to create what you need to do. You know, it's so, never even occurred to me. So this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there is a bit of a, you know, like depending on the, the kind of night. I mean, if you're playing at a club that like. If you play like a Berghain, there's multiple like cycles to that. Yeah, like the peaks. But, yeah, but but at the same time, like you know, Sunday at like one p.m. in the afternoon when the club's full, you're not going to be playing as hard as you would, let's say, like 
Sunday, Monday morning at like 3 a.m. Mon- into Monday morning, it'll be different than what Monday morning at 11 a.m. is, you know, like 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. Like there's etiquette in a way, yeah. at least in my opinion. But but um, but yeah, but this is the thing that's like this kind of like dystopic thing. It's just like kind of amazing, you know, but what, what, what's the what's the longest that you've done? I did 11 and a half hours at Barricon. Oh, shut up. That's <laughs> wild. It was amazing, wow. though. It was like one of the best nights I've had in my life. So I was so on a like, normal work day. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's, so a work, now, it's a work day. It's a work it day. Is. How are you, it's is a consummate it, is professional. That, how much of that is DJing and how much of that is you playing live? It, or or uh, is there a combo or is it? That's just DJing. Like okay. li- live, live is so exhausting. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I could do. I, could, I couldn't do more than like forty-five minutes to an no, hour. No, no, max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that would uh, be insane. Insane. But, yeah, Eleven so. hours is still like super impressive. I was, I was, I was Great proud. Job. I mean, it, yeah, it was Great funny. Job. Like, I, I was supposed to do the closing again because when you get asked to close, it's a little bit of like you feel very proud that they even asked you. Yeah, but it's a fucking it's a it's a mission, you know. You got to plan for it, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, listening um, to, listening to Voice America this time, think and thinking of you and knowing what you know how important this record was to you, it, it, you know, kind of with that framework, I was like, oh, I can hear yeah. some of the stuff now. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this makes sense. And and actually, one one uh, particular uh, track I did want to ask you about. Uh, I. I think of it as truly one of the great pieces of modern music, and that's falling the same way. Uh, I absolutely love that song. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of wanted to do, I don't know, do you have any background on the song? I mean, is that all of you guys? Is that just you? What? What's the... Uh, I mean, the way we kind of did that, I mean, like we all submitted, like at least the way that we kind of did it, we had like a deadline to submit pieces. So I give them a lot of the effects and like feedbacks and like, some vocal treatments, a couple of like, I, I did more like the field recording style things and like, <clears throat> and actually like Carl and Dave put it together. Okay. Like, so mm-hmm. we kind of like, we all submitted stuff and then the compositions kind of came together through that. So it's a real construction process when you guys it was, were all it, working it, it, together. It, it, it was, it was. Cause I mean, I, I just basically gave them parts and then they kind of reworked it. So yeah, that's why but, there's a lot of those kind of things. Like, so, I mean, when you look at the, the back of the LP, the way that um, they kind of like Carl wrote it out of like what we played and what we did. It's kind of how it was. That's that's well, great job. Tara says great job. That's awesome. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with Thank that. Thank you. Amazing. I never get to tell people face to face. So but, that's yeah, nice. <laughs> but, all, but also I really think, especially shadows of death and desire. I mean, I really can hear the cabaret yeah. Voltaire in yeah. that record, uh, yeah, especially uh, uh, the construction of the, the tracks and, and the, the layout of the record. Yeah. I mean, it's it, again, like for me, like when I, when I think of a record, like mix up, I think of a record, like especially red Mecca, red Mecca for me has always been how I sequence my records and the time I appreciate how those are done. Like red Mecca to me mm-hmm. is like such a perfect time of a record. It's not very long, but it's like, it's like one of those things that like never overstays its welcome, which is like something that I've always been really a big fan of. Like when you make a record to like, you, you, you give your message, but you never want to overstay your welcome unless that's the intention. But for me, it never is, you know, like I always want things to be like, I want someone to listen to it again. Right. I want yeah. you, I, I want someone to flip the record. Like you just heard both sides and listen to it again. Cause that's yeah. what the intention is, you know? 
Yes. Heck yeah. So, so, Man. Yeah. Wow. This is a great talk. I'm so psyched. Uh, this was so awesome. <laughs> This no, is so I'm cool. Glad, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we did it. Thanks. And, yeah. Is there Thank anything you. about You've left Ca- me is hungry there anything, for more? Yeah. <laughs> is there anything about Cabo Terror that you wanted to make sure to say that you might not have said yet or is there No, any, I mean any, I guess any, Yeah, I mean I guess for me it's like I I like I guess I can't stress the importance of what they've done for me to to like understand what it is to work as an quote unquote artist but to to like take care of the visuals, take care of the music, take care of your image. Like the entire thing is considered. And like Mm -hmm. that to me was one of the biggest lessons on how I, how I wanted to be. They were such an inspiration on that. level. you know, they, uh, that was one of the biggest things for me. It's like, I never, I can't, I can't like explain that enough of like the importance of like how they operated and what they did. You know, there's a quote from uh, Richard H. Kirk actually, where he talks about uh, talks about this uh, a little bit, uh, but also I think it all ties together. He says, uh, "I always saw it as giving music the music a cinematic feel, another dimension where you could be somewhere with a piece of music on, and you've got a conversation going on at the same time. That kind of idea where you're not just giving people a piece of music, you're trying to create some kind of atmosphere, some kind of mood." That's amazing. Yeah, dude. If there's anything to sum it up, that is it. And and like for me, that's like it becomes law and how you operate, you know, and like the importance of like, you know, it's like, it, I mean, great. That's why I love what you do. There's like a vision and it's all encompassing. And like, that's awesome. Thanks. You know? <laughs> Heck yes. Right I think on. that's a perfect way to sum it up. Yes. Uh, but we will, you know, Juan, is there anything upcoming? Where can people, uh, uh, find your stuff? You know, little, little, that little, that, uh, old plug action. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I have my NTS radio show every, every month, two hours, uh, optimistic decay. Um, yeah. I basically, we have, great, we have great optimistic decay bookmarks. It's my favorite yeah. bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I, I just made a set of sick bandanas that I will send you guys. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'll be getting those next week, but I'm going to put them up for sale next week as well. But I think the whole, the whole thing is like optimistic decay is just, I think going to become the new moniker for everything that I do as a label or art project. Um, so there'll be more stuff coming. I mean, right now I'm just trying to finish this lies record that'll be coming hopefully sooner than later. Um, I have like another three weeks to finish, so I need to finish, but um, yeah. it's just going to be a 12 inch single and then I'll probably start working on another LP. But, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, you know, in these times, you know, it's all we can do is make things because it's all we can do. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And it's the, it's yep. an important time to make things. It's important time to support artists and it's an important time to, uh, you know, put art out. So yeah, for, th- sure, for th- sure. thank you for continuing to do that. And yeah. thank you yeah. so much for being a part of this. This was no, I, awesome. Yeah, I'm so, so happy you guys asked me. Thanks. Oh, yeah. guys. Yay. Uh, Thanks Thank you. Heck yeah. You've been listening to noise extra noise. Extra is brought to you by chondritic sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years by Verdant weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra on the web at noise extra.com one E in those and on Twitter at noise extra with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.